Put your stopwatch out. This morning, I'd like to do a guided meditation that um, hopefully enhances your um, ability to sense, to know, and to rely on uh, what I pointed to last night, that what could be called an ever-present wakefulness and clarity, ever available, that is um, natural, that is inherently peaceful. Remember that the knowing of our experience is always peaceful. Whatever we're aware of may not be peaceful, but the noticing itself is quiet. And hopefully this will uh, help you get used to that quiet, aware presence and allow you to uh, meet whatever presents itself in the, what we sometimes call the field of awareness, whatever arises in the field of awareness, to meet it with, um, with interest and relaxation and less reactivity, just to see it for what it is. Be using this morning... Uh, the metaphor of the sky. So I'd like you to first and foremost find a comfortable posture that you are least likely to have to move. Mm. A gentle stillness, stillness of body helps to promote a steadiness of attention. But not a forced stillness. So whatever, in whatever way you can allow your body to just melt into a gentle stillness like a block of ice left out in the sun. Just melting into the openness of your practice. The words of a Tibetan teacher, the purpose of our meditation 
is to awaken us to the sky-like nature of our minds and to introduce us to that which we really are, our unchanging, pure awareness that underlies the whole of life and death. And in the stillness and the silence of our practice, we glimpse and return to that deep inner nature that we've so long ago lost sight of in the, amidst the busyness of our lives. Once you've settled in, imagine or sense or feel your mind to be like a clear, empty sky without limits. Begin by being aware again of the different sounds that are heard. The sound of my voice. The sound of silence. Let all the sounds, loud and soft, arise and fade without naming them or judging them, simply hearing or listening. Sounds come and go. 
The mind is like space. The sounds arise in that space and they pass away. Make no effort to hear the sounds. Let the sounds arise and let listening happen by itself. In that clear, welcoming, open space of mind. Once again, become aware of physical sensations. Experience directly as like points of feeling or stars flickering in an evening sky. In our immediate and direct experience. There is no head, no shoulders, no arms or legs, front or back. Just points of sensation flickering like stars in the sky. Sounds.
sounds and sensations. There's no inside or outside. Just the just these appearances. Rising, changing, making no impact on that vast welcoming, sky-like nature of the mind. Awareness is immovable, perfectly still. Not the slightest movement toward or away from any experience. Allowing the sounds and sensations to rise and pass by themselves in that open, friendly, sky-like nature of the mind. There is no head, no neck, no shoulders, no arms or legs. Just points of sensation, 
points of feeling, like stars flickering in an evening sky. Rising, flickering in that vast openness of mind. Unbound, free as the sky of awareness. Free of clinging, condemning. Rest in this sky-like nature of the mind. Rest your weary mind in this natural peace and ease. Awareness is perfectly still. Not the slightest movement toward or away from any experience. Again, the mind essence is motionless. Clear, open. Impartial, welcoming all experience, but not being bound or limited by it. Rest in this sky-like nature of the mind. Be aware of thoughts and images. Like clouds floating through a windy sky. The thoughts like clouds have no roots, no home. So 
sometimes described as like a footprint of a bird in emptiness. Hearing and vanishing, making no impact on that immovable, open, welcoming, sky-like nature of the mind. Keep the mind soft and steady, perfectly still, no reaching for or pushing away any experience, allowing the sounds, the sensations, the thoughts and images to arise and pass by themselves in this transparent, open, cognizant, sky-like nature of the heart-mind.
in our immediate and direct experience, there's no inside or outside. Just these experiences arising, mingling, making no impact on this. Inseparable, sky-like nature of the mind. Everything welcome. Sounds, sensations, thoughts, all an expression of this beautiful mind essence, which is open. Look within the nature of the mind. It's clear, invisible, like empty space. Look within your own mind. Clear, empty, not made of anything, shining at black, containing all experience. but not bound or limited by it, free. Turn and look within the nature of the mind. Rest in this natural great peace. Rest in this sky-like openness. Completely impartial, receptive,
choiceless love. Rest in the sky-like nature of the mind. There is no solid body. No back, no front, no arms or legs. Neck or shoulders, just points of sensation flickering. Like stars in a vast evening sky. No inside. No outside, remaining still, be the stillness. Clear, welcoming, non-judgmental sky-like nature of the mind. It's home. It is unconditioned, deathless, free. Rest in this natural great peace, our exhausted thinking mind that's just being beaten helpless by karma and neurotic thought. Rest.
sounds and sensations, thoughts and images, free to be in that open, sky-like nature of immovable mind. Look again at the nature of the mind. It's self-knowing, so you can see that it's clear, open, not made of anything. Shining, invisible. but knowing all things, but not limited by them. Silent. always at rest. Amid the busyness of our noisy world, rest in this natural great peace. Next gongs in about five minutes will mark the end of the sitting. Rest in the sky-like nature of the mind. Be aware. Minus the word.
So a few things to say about this before we uh, take any questions. Uh, just a reminder that, um, that this use of the sky, um, I said it at the beginning, but it's easy to miss, that it's just a metaphor. Um, the mind is not the sky. <laughs> often reminded that the sky is not the sky either. It's just a, a name we add to this. But it uh, mimics the sky in its, um, not so much its size, but in its, um, in its impartiality. It's unbound. It's open. The sky isn't busy judging whatever <laughs> floats through. It receives everything equally. But it, what makes it much more, what I think of as juicy, much more interesting than this guy, it has awareness. And that makes all the difference because out of that comes all of those heart qualities, all of our intelligence and skillfulness, intuition. Uh, and it seems like when our mind is a little bit more free of its usual preoccupations, all those qualities just flow so much. We're just... We take care of each other better. We take care of ourselves better. Uh, there are many metaphors that are used for the nature of the mind. One is the sky. And, uh, another is lucid, like a crystal. Uh, uh, some, I think I, have, I may have a list with me. Yeah. Pervasive like the earth. Uh, unshakable like a mountain shining like a flame, lucid like a crystal. And my, one of my favorites is, uh, is boundless like the ocean. Um, the world moves the way it, it does, but I'm not shaken. I'm the unbounded deep. So you can use whatever metaphor you like, whatever helps you to uh, rest your your weary, reactive mind in what's really natural, which is being aware. As our um, wonderful treasure, um, Leonard Cohen spelled, you know, his last name spelled wrong. But, <laughs> but anyway, what, what Leonard Cohen said is, if you don't become the ocean, you'll be seasick every day. So, so just whatever helps you be open. So any questions this morning about anything happening in your practice, please. Wait, wait for the um, microphone, if you check, don't mind. Check. I hope you haven't been thinking about this all night long. <laughs> it's okay, though. Maybe you, you had a lot of mindful moments of... In and out. Thinking. I'm not quite sure how to state this question. It was more clear last night when you gave that talk, which was a fabulous talk, by the way. Um, you said uh, that there's an innate unsatisfactoriness in all things that we strive for. And that yeah. I thought what I heard you say was, it sounded like what you were saying is, so it's pointless or it doesn't help to strive for something because happiness doesn't lie there. And then I thought about my own life and people I've worked with and uh, 
they can achieve resolution and happiness and relief. So I was a little confused there. I mean, it's, it's more like, it seems like both things are true, but I'm a little confused. Thank you so much for your question. What I was pointing to is unconditional happiness that doesn't depend on what you do or you don't do. And if you know that that is your, that is your uh, natural state, uh, then you can go about changing the world, doing everything, but without the tension that it has to bring happiness. Got it. Perfect. Which keeps yeah. us in a state of perpetual waiting, hoping, expecting. And so we don't want to be, we don't want to be, um, anxious about whether or not we're going to get what we want. We want, we want to do it, enjoy the ride, enjoy the creative process of life, enjoy being uh, helpful in this world, knowing though that we already have our medicine. Perfect. Thank you. That clears it. Thank you. I think this Um, so I was thinking of, of something James said about how much time we spend in the past or the future versus the present moment. And like during my meditation and also just while being mindful walking around, I had a little confusion as far as like memory and anticipation and the feelings that come. So for example, you know, with the the whole analogy of the puppy and bringing it in, what I was doing was like, I'd, I'd flash a picture of my dog with his ears down every time I said, come here. And this one time I flashed that picture in my head and this love was in me, you know? And, and I'm like, okay, so that love feels like I'm feeling it now in the present moment. Of course you are. But it's you... from the past. And then... Well, the past is the pre- past right. is a memory, just as you said, and the and the future is just a dream. But they're all happening in the unfolding now. now. We've really never, ever, ever left the real, right. the, the present. We only imagine that we do, and that imagining takes place right here. And we either notice that we're imagining and our dogs or our family or and feel that all that goes with that, or we. Uh, we imagine it and know we're experiencing it just as you did. Those were moments of mindfulness, beautiful, or we're completely lost in it. We're, it, we're lost in the dream and mindfulness isn't, isn't uh, sitting beside what's happening with a kind of clear comprehension. There's a, we're just carried away and then mistaking whatever that, that past that memory for um, that you're actually somewhere else. You're, you're not really, you're here remembering. So it's all here. So can there also be moments of anticipation where we're not leaning into the future? Like, like when I was walking up here, I, I turned the corner and I had this little like, like, ooh, it's guided meditation. And like, like a happy feeling came in and I was like, oh no, present moment, walking. <laughs> and I'm like... But that was a good feeling, you know. No, you or, shouldn't, you shouldn't have happy future? moments. <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to not lean into the future, no, but... You don't... Um, 
Past, present, future are all here. You just relax and, and notice a happy moment, notice a sad moment, notice a memory moment, notice an anticipation moment. They're all happening here. It, and so we're just trying to see that we don't actually have to lift out of this moment to notice everything. And so we don't have to lean into a future that's, that's really part of our present imagination. We don't have to lean, we don't have to be pulled to the past, which is just part of our memory. We can just enjoy the memory, enjoy the plan. And if we have awareness here, it's a kind of protection from uh, being too dependent on what happens next or dependent on trying to fix what happened before. We can really stay here and, and enjoy the whole show of past, present, and future. They're all ideas happening in real time. So enjoy you don't have to do this. Dodge the past. <laughs> Thank you so much for your description because it's an understandable confusion that happens that somehow we make these things into real places, but they're not. They're just thoughts. You had your hand up. Please. I just was wondering, you've talked a lot about the original, our original nature, and I'm, I'm wondering if, um, like during childhood when we're born, or when we're in the womb, or the first year, second year of our lives, are we Buddhas? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, what... what you know, I immediately flashed to my daughter who who was very much awake, but not necessarily conscious. So the difference between a Buddha and a child is a Buddha knows they're awake. So that's so there's cog- there's real obvious cognizance, aware of being aware in a way. Uh, but I but I flashed on my daughter, and I usually I sometimes talk about this one around self view. She was just quintessentially herself, aware, fully formed by nature of everything that happened to her. And then she saw some little girls who looked different than her, who had, who had straight hair and hers were, she had curled. And then she started pulling on her hair and started developing self-consciousness and comparing mind and then got caught up in her identity of how she looks compared to other people. And that's how we move from it way you could say original mind or just our natural uniqueness her name is molly i call it molliness and you we all have our own version and how we how we then get involved in in uh that case of mistaken identity you know take our comparisons which are just thoughts to be a reality so yes and no I don't see it. Oh. Um. Close to your mouth, if you don't mind, when you do start to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So last night I had this big, like, opening and felt very peaceful and kind of like 
laughed at some of the ways I get stuck. And then today I feel so irritated by everything <laughs> and like a lot of aversion and just like agitation. And I wondered if you had any oh, I, tips for me. I, I think I spoke about this in many of the groups because it's um, from the, in the back, in the back room, we, whenever we hear somebody went from open to, to irritated, which is really the natural course of practice, we're applauding because then we know that the practice is working. Because it is it, the, the lawful unfolding of what we do here, and I shouldn't even tell you this in a way, but, but the lawful unfolding is we, we brush the, the dust of memory, we, we, we land in, in a harmonized mind and body, our mind relaxes a little bit, we experience it, the, the conditions that lead to a calm abiding and concentration, our mind opens and relaxes. And what happens when it opens and relaxes, we call that purity, purity of mind we experience. Wow. The Buddha called that a springboard. It gets us excited. But he also called it a corruption of insight because then we start chasing it. But that's, a, that's an aside. But every time we relax and open, our mind just rests and we can effortlessly be mindful. It's, when it opens, it's like a vacuum. And up comes the purification process. So we start to notice all the places where our hearts are tight and we can't be mindful at all. And, and we, you know, we feel a lot of aversion. Yeah, it's so, such a tease. What's that? It's such a tease. It's like I'm... Well, the, the arc of the practice goes toward more... The byproduct is more peace and less reactivity. But the cycle of practice is purity, purification. Purity, purification. It's like a roller coaster. That's why we emphasize equanimity. That's why Eve sings that beautiful song because we, that's what we can more depend on. We can't depend on the purity and purification, but we can depend on riding that roller coaster with less reactivity. Uh, so thank you for bringing that up. And we do have to make a transition though. Uh, we have a, you've, you're cooking now, and so you, this is your last full day of practice. And so please take advantage of all of the, the um, purification and purity you've been throwing in the soup of meditation. Uh, we do, uh, however, have uh, a, a little change in the schedule later this afternoon. Instead of a metta at 445 there will be a gathering with everyone with some announcements that mark the end of the, about the end of the retreat that we somehow have to have today. And so we'd like everyone to be here at 445. And uh, otherwise we will just proceed as we are all day, sitting, walking. And after those announcements, we'll go right back into sitting and walking. Uh, so please enjoy your last day of practice. And those of you who were not seen Yesterday will be seen in groups today. So just please take advantage of your last day and enjoy. And feel free to, when you go outside today and you do your walking, to just unfurl your mind and just sense that your body is, your mind is in this open space. We have this strange idea that our mind is in our head. Nobody's ever seen a mind there. Mind is everywhere, contains everything. It needs this body 
And of course, if it's too much space, just come back to your body, of course. But there's a lot of room. So enjoy. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.